Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is episode four, handling homeschool backlash from family and friends. I know that is something that over my years of homeschooling that I've had to deal with a little bit. I have a father-in-law who is a teacher, so I've had to hear a little bit about some opinions on how I am homeschooling my children. I don't know. How about you, Lindsay? Have you had this experience? I have. Um, Thankfully, I feel very blessed that I, I haven't experienced it from family or close friends, but I actually have experienced some I question some maybe a little bit of negative looks and and questions from neighbors uh, and kind of uh, those that I'll just see out and about in the community um, from in areas that I've lived. Sometimes yeah, I, I have questions though, <laughs> and that's okay. Sometimes <laughs> there are, of course. I mean, it's something that is it, as much as everybody knows about it. It's still something that is unusual and people are curious and they want to know they want to know how it works and they're not familiar with the laws i know my brother he asked me what kind of curriculum i was using and um when i said well i use a little bit of this and i use that he goes well what does the state allow you to use and i was like the state has no bear you know they don't have any say on what i use and he couldn't believe that you know he's like (laughs) that doesn't make any sense you know he's like okay because he, he honestly didn't know he wasn't against it homeschooling as much as he really just didn't get it, you know, we're raised going to school and raised thinking that that's the way to do it and that the teachers know what they're doing. And of course they do. No, I'm not taking anything away from the hard work that they do, but some people, they just, they can't wrap their mind around it. I know that well, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I, and there are a lot of common questions too. I mean, like you just mentioned one of what kind of curriculum do you use? Is it, you know, okay by the government for you to be using that? Right. So there, that is a really common question. You get common questions about socialization, you know, and there, there's a, a slew of different questions that I think we're all used to hearing once you are homeschooling a few years. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The socialization. Some people ask if you need to have a teacher's degree. You know, some people ask, um, you know, like, well, how does the state monitor that? How do you know that your children are learning, you know, as much as they're supposed to? How do you know they're on track? You know, that type well, of thing. I mean, you get asked. That we as homeschooling parents even ask you. <laughs> I think we're right. starting out that, the, that and some of those questions we're even concerned about. So it, it's, they're not invalid questions. It's sometimes people just have a tone when they say it or a look in their eyes, <laughs> right? Right, because, you know, we never mind the questions that are sincere because we love talking about homeschooling and we're excited about it. We love it. But it's when people get kind of confrontational or think that they, when they're speaking to you to try to throw you off your game more than they actually want to hear what you have to say. And that puts us on a kind of a defensive mode. So, I mean, 
we learn from the Bible how to handle that type of confrontation. And that's, of course, what should be applied in the same situation as well, uh, which is, I don't know, enlighten us, Lindsay. What does the Bible tell us about that? Well, you know, I was actually thinking on this, and the first thing, you know, we were talking about how we need to have an unshakable confidence in the fact that we homeschool, but I was also thinking about the fact that we need to be humble, too. And uh, Proverbs 15.1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word starts, stirs up anger. And the more I thought about that and this question about how does the Bible handle tell us to handle confrontation, and we were you can get defensive when these negative things are brought against you, but at the same time we need to respond in a humble way, sharing our sharing our own concerns with homeschool because we can we can empathize, right? We've had these same questions, and we can say that's a really good question. <laughs> I had right, that same right. question, and this is this is what I have learned. So you can come back and say, you know, this is actually my experience and why this doesn't apply here. So if you've been homeschooling for a while and they're asking about um, socialization, for instance, well, there's a lot of ways that we socialize in the homeschooling world, whether um, it's maybe you have a large family and that's a lot of socialization right there, but also uh, co-ops and even just the idea of socialization itself where if a child is in school uh, separated with their own uh, age group versus homeschoolers actually get to be around a lot of different age groups and learn so better social skills in some instances because of being around a lot of different ages and how to communicate uh, with with different ages from baby all the way through adults. Right, right. When- when my daughter went to school for the first time in ninth grade, her teacher couldn't believe she was homeschooled because she was so confident and she spoke to everyone and she was at ease when she had to speak in front of class because she assumed that homeschoolers were so isolated. She didn't exactly. realize that someone could communicate so well. So And, and so and I think funny, my yeah. daughter actually said about socialization, I had asked her, I said, you know, from your point of view, you know, you've been homeschooled and now you're going to school. What What about socialization? Do you feel like you missed out? And she said... I don't know whoever thought it was a good idea for kids to socialize kids anyway. They should not be. <laughs> exactly. It's that kind of socializing in a lot of instances. But um, And so that's one area where maybe, you know, you have a, a quick answer to come back with. But what about when you don't know what to say if someone brings it? Maybe you're new to homeschooling, and so you're just learning all of this as well. Well, then... I think the way of being humble is just saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. We are actually learning um, about homeschooling, and uh, we have a really good support system. Maybe you're in a good co-op, or you have. I am not in in a co-op, but I actually have some really great friends, including you, Rochelle, that um, are very supportive in helping me learn about homeschooling as I go along. And we need those kind of mentors in our lives, and so just. Sometimes it puts people at ease if you just let them know that you have a support system, I think. And that's yeah, the right. Thing. Well, so I think that that's a really kind of good point. you accountable. Right. But I think it's a good point when you say to be humble because often it is associated, the idea that I'm going to homeschool my children. Sometimes people misread that as you being, I don't know, prideful. Rebellious. Or, or rebellious. Being rebellious. <laughs> 
or you're, you know, you're saying, I think I can just do it better than anybody else because I'm the parent, you know, but the idea of you saying, you know what, I believe it's the best decision and we're currently learning how to implement it. And, you know, if you have questions, they're probably the same questions I have. I'm willing to explore that. I think that when you, when you're not haughty about it, you do kind of open up the conversation in a positive way. And they're like, oh, see, they're approaching it with wisdom and they're trying to approach it humbly. They know they don't know everything going in. Because I yes. think that's what a lot of people get upset about. Oh, they think they just know everything. They don't have a teaching degree, but they think they know what they're doing, you know. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's not, a, it's not about that, you know. But I think that's a good point. Staying humble does put the conversation in a, a different direction. Well, because, yeah, oh, and some, and some of it is just trying uh, to, to be a bigger person and not, and not take the bait, too. Because some people do right. try to bait, to bait you. And, you know, you don't, you don't want to pull out that defensive attitude. It's best to come back with, like you said, just, just trying to, to empathize with the questions. And if we explain that we have a lot of these same questions too, and either this is what we've learned or this is what we're learning. And, uh, you know, if they're, a lot of times when it's, uh, close family and like we talked about where it'll be questions that they're just asking because they're genuinely interested, then that'll open up a really great conversation. And if people are going to be negative, uh, there's not a whole lot of changing that. That's on them, not on you. Right. Because you can say, you know, I know you love my child and I know that you know that I love my child. So you'll just have to trust that I'm making the best decision and leave it at that. If it's going to be an argument, it's not worth an argument. There are families that are torn apart by someone's decision to homeschool. And, you know, that's a, it's a little ridiculous, but sadly, it does happen. And sometimes having a soft answer, I mean, a lot of things we do, we do to honor Christ. We do to, for our testimony about, you know, we're, this is an offering to Christ, our homeschool, our lives. So it doesn't guarantee that we're going to get the best result back because people are responsible for themselves. So it doesn't always guarantee that. You can still have the family member who will constantly try to bait you every time they see you or quiz your child. You know, you can, you're going to, you might get that for a long time before you see them either turn, turn the corner or just drop it all together. That very well may happen. The best thing is just not to get yourself entangled in that because it will just bring up negative feelings that are unnecessary. And you, you, sometimes you want to think of these, these comebacks. And you get on the defensive, and we want to say this because it would feel so good to jab at them right back. But, you know, that's not the proper, it's not the proper way. The proper way is to, if it's not a fruitful discussion, to end it. And if it is a fruitful discussion, continue in it. But just end it. Because if you're confident, you know, I often think about sometimes when you see someone and they're wearing like, like, florals and stripes or florals and polka dots or all those crazy mixed match things and they're walking with confidence and you go wow i wish i could wear that but i could never get away with it how does she do it well you know how she does it because she's walking confidently so you never question it you go oh that's cool <laughs> you know it's kind of like homeschooling if that's how <laughs> i always handled it i was like and whenever anyone tried and family members tried to say anything about it i was just like oh yeah that's a nice opinion and really didn't engage in it Really didn't even answer a lot of questions if I thought they were being combative. And I kind of just looked at them like, oh, that's great. And they could never draw me in. And 
really after a while, nobody even asked me about it <laughs> for the most part. You know, it just kind of like dropped from the conversation. Cause I, well, had I think a lot of those questions are at the beginning, too. I think after you've been homeschooling for a few years now, and so people see that your children have grown up and they're smart and, you know, they're well-educated and well-spoken and thriving. So then that kind of – the proof is in the pudding. <laughs> Right, right. And it's also, there's nothing wrong with reminding someone lovingly and firmly that they did not need your permission to homeschool. That is a decision made by the family. That is not a decision that is made by, it's a decision made by mom and dad, not by committee. And if you're okay with those decisions, then really it's not anyone's business to question you on it. Now, like we said, questioning someone because they are genuinely concerned or want to know, that's a fruitful discussion, that's fine. But if it's going to be jabs or if it's going to be, you know, oh, quizzing your kid or did they teach this or did you learn that, that you know, all we, we've all heard little nasty, snarky things and some sadly more than others. But, you know, we have to just, we just have to handle it with grace, even if grace isn't afforded to us. Because we can't, we don't want this to be what breaks a relationship up. We don't want it to be a habit that every time we see this person, it's going to be an argument. You know, that, right. that's obviously, that's not what we want. But but if it gets to the point, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I realize that you're, you know, you're asking because of what, you know, you're concerned. Or you could say, you know what, I understand that this seems to be a topic that is really important to you and you seem to be clearly on one side. And that's fine. You're welcome to have your opinion. I don't share it. But I also don't need your permission. I don't need you to condone my decision. So if it's not something we can talk about without it leading into an argument, then I suggest we just drop it. This doesn't have to be a topic of conversation. It can be dropped. And in that same vein, I highly suggest if it is an in-law that your husband handle it. You don't want to the added stress of you're fighting with your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your sister-in-law. You know, allow That's your husband to say, let him be the one. Because it will go over better if he's the one that says, you know, look, Mom, um, this is our decision. I understand, blah, 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 blah. But it would probably be better if we don't talk about it because we don't want this to come between us. What if your and, mother-in-law likes you better than your husband? No, well, then I guess then in that situation it would be the reverse. <laughs> yeah, well, so I think that's those are just some ways to handle that and, like, letting your your husband handle that. I've, I've had to let my husband handle it because my father-in-law, he was a teacher, and he just, could, just couldn't wrap his mind around why anybody would homeschool, didn't think that. I would have the resources or the ability, and he didn't mean ability in the sense that it was like he was insulting me. He was a high school teacher, and he specialized in one thing. And if he would have had to teach, you know, he's like, if I would have had to teach English, I wouldn't have been able to do it. So he's thinking, aren't you the same way? If you had to teach this, aren't there only a few things you're good at? What about teaching the other things? And, you know, or he thought he was worried that homeschool kids were self-indulged, like, oh, we're going to study this because you want to study it, and then they get out into the world, and things don't always go their way, and they're not going to know how to handle it. Well, now we all know that is not the case, but it's a, you know, I, I guess it's a, a point that could be made if that's how he thinks homeschooling runs, 
I mean, I don't think student-led education is going to lead your child to not be able to handle disappointment. But if that's something that you're faced with, like someone mentioning something like that, then you can refute it or you can just look at him like I did, like he had five heads, and pretty much just walk away <laughs> because I, I was like, I'm, I'm not, not having this argument. <laughs> people that I talk to are always so surprised that we have so many resources in homeschooling. They, it, they just don't know, and that's a lot of what the issue is, is people just don't know. It's a new world, just like it was a new world to us when we started. So sometimes it's nice right. to have some some understanding there, uh, some sympathy, because we've walked that same road. Of it, it was all new, and maybe it was more exciting to us than it is to them, but at the same time, it it is a big world that a lot of people are just not aware of. That there's now, so when we handle strangers and, you know, people that we come in contact with, the nurse, when we go take our kids to the doctor, or the cashier, our neighbors, that's to be handled a little differently. I mean, family, we have to live with family, you know, or we have to see them at Thanksgiving, Christmas, and we want to make it a priority that we keep those relationships intact. Now, with strangers, we don't want to lose our testimony either. We still right. want to handle we it with to show Christ to them. Exactly. But we don't need to have a 20-minute conversation in the middle of Target with someone who wonders why our kids are there at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We don't need <laughs> to do that. We don't need to indulge someone when they say, but aren't your kids missing out? Wouldn't they rather be in school? Or having an adult ask a child, which I've had that happen, ask one of my kids, wouldn't you rather be in school? You know, we don't have to put up with that. We can still be kind. Being kind doesn't mean you allow someone to walk all over you. Being kind is me not saying what's in my head right now when you're quizzing my kid or asking my kid if they'd rather be in school. That's being kind. <laughs> being kind is saying, excuse me, we need to, we need to go have a good day. And just let it go. Because you're also, if your children are with you, which most of the time as homeschooling moms they are, we are going to be an example of how to handle that. And think of it that way. Think of it as homeschool moms are good at thinking everything is a lesson because, well, everything is, really. <laughs> so yes, it is. think of it as a lesson. When someone comes up to you, the cashier or somebody or somebody at the store or your neighbor walks in, you know, and they ask a question and it seems negative or it seems like they're, it's not in the right heart attitude, then how do you respond to that? Because when you're, before you open your mouth, think, how would Christ have me respond? How would I want to teach my child to respond? How do I want That's them to a really see good point to make. What, how I'm responding? I mean, I had my neighbor kids, they're about the same age as my two younger girls, and the one little girl said, oh, you're homeschooled. That means you don't learn anything. <laughs> That's what she said. That means you don't learn anything. Because what do you do? You don't do anything. My mom said that you learn more in school. And so my kid was like, well, how do I respond? I said, don't worry about it. She's just a kid. She doesn't understand what homeschooling is. She doesn't get it. Don't argue with her. She's your friend. She just really doesn't understand. I said, it's perhaps she probably went and said to her mother, I want to be homeschooled. And her mother said, oh, no, you'll learn more in school. <laughs> That's probably what it was, <laughs> just so she didn't have to talk, talk about it anymore. Or she probably just made a comment because of whatever. But I said, but don't take it out on her. You know, that her mother told her this. I mean, maybe that's what her mother actually thinks. <laughs> I don't know. It, it is harder, though, when you get questions like that from an adult who should know better uh, pointed towards your child than it is when it's, you know, an 8-year-old asking. <laughs> um, right, right. 
But, you know, they'll be asked. I, you know, your children will also be asked as they get older. They'll That's be asked true. questions by family, friends, neighbors. Like my kids, it's not the first time they've been asked about other kids because they know a lot of kids that go to school. And so how we respond is going to be how they respond. Do we want them to have combative relationships? Do we, is that what we want to teach them? So, yes, we would really love to give the snarky response. I mean, it, you know, really like throwing a glass against the wall when you're angry, I'm sure it would just feel great. But, you know, we're adults, and if we, if we love Christ and we love his people, then we are going to have to just, just be the bigger person. We're just going to have to be Christ-like and just be thankful, walk in thankfulness. It's, it's really the only – and you're going to feel better about that response. It, it seems like it would feel great to be snarky. But I've been there, and I've been snarky, and it really does not feel great once it's over. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> it feels much better to be Christ-like. <laughs> well, um, what about being Christ-like towards your spouse when it comes to <laughs> handling uh, the comments from maybe a spouse who isn't quite on board? I know we talked about this last week. Uh, in our episode about husbands and homeschooling and just helping our husbands, you know, deal with those preconceived notions that that go with homeschooling. Uh, what, right. you know, the same questions that we already talked about, the socialization, the, right. the things that, you know, uh, the husband. And we went into pretty good depth on that on the last episode. And I think if you are having an issue with a spouse, I think it'd be really it'd be great for you to listen to that because we talked extensively about that, um, about all of it, husband's involvement, what to do, how to approach a husband who is iffy about it, who has questions. That would be a great episode for you to um, go ahead and listen to. But quickly though, um, a spouse is a different matter. We do care what they think. <laughs> we do care very much. We so. want to yes, come. We have to. Yes, we, have to we want to come to consensus. We don't want to. We're not going to walk away. We're not going to, you know, say, no, I'm not talking to you about this and leave. We're not going to, that's not how we can handle it. It has to be something that we make the decision together because a house divided will fall. And we don't, don't want our children to be hurt by this. And we don't want our marriages to be impacted negatively. So it is something that we have to handle with care and with love and to approach with non-combatively. He has real concerns. Tell him to list his concerns. You don't even have a conversation if, if it's going to be difficult. Have him write it down, his top five concerns, and then say, you know what, I bet my concerns are going to be the same as yours. I didn't say I had all the answers. I just feel this is something that we should explore. Then take those five things and, you know what, research them. Figure it out. And then have a discussion on what you found. You know, it's a very good tip about the writing down the issues because that I have actually done that before uh, when my husband and I have had, you know, particularly hard times. I have sat down and I've written out and what I wanted to say and we've gone back and forth like that and it's actually been a really great tool. So I, I highly recommend that. Um, it, it just helps communication sometimes because now we've been married for a decade and I know you've been married more and you're always learning something. <laughs> It never ends. Right. <laughs> and, so, and, you know, and don't worry through all the, yeah, through any backlash you're going to get, don't worry about it. Um, soon you'll be confident in not just your decision but your ability. I mean, you're, we're always going to be a little, uncon- you know, we're always going to be concerned. But you'll get a handle on it. And once you have a handle, 
And once you're confident that the decision was the right thing, then these little things that may come up with backlash aren't going to bother you so much. They're really not. You're going to look back and think, why did I get so upset about that? That is so silly. It doesn't even roll right off my back for now. So well, just handle it with grace, and pretty soon it'll all just, you won't even care. A couple of resources that I wanted to mention that uh, really helped, at least me, I think you watched them too. Uh, one is free. One you can get on Amazon is um, the free one is on YouTube. It's by uh, Cody Botham, and it's called The Children of Caesar, and it's a video, and it talks about kind of the reasons you might want to homeschool from a Christian worldview. And the uh, documentary Indoctrination you can get on Amazon, and that's a a longer video. But it also talks about more statistically why homeschooling might be a better option. And my husband and I watched those early on uh, in our homeschooling days and when we were kind of exploring why we were wanting to do this. And it really helped to solidify for us just a, a confidence in why we were doing it and why this was a good option for us. And it kind of can, I don't know, I don't want to say fill your your toolbox to be able to answer some of those questions that uh, loving people or and or negative people might have <laughs> towards you, but I, I do think that those are really good resources if you are still trying to build your confidence in why you're homeschooling. So I suggest those. And speaking um, of questions, we yes, had asked yes. last week in a prior episode um, that you can email us or ask us on our Facebook page, um, email us at info at talkingmomtomom.com, or join us on Facebook and ask us questions that you would like to hear us answer on the show or even a suggestion for a show. And yay, we did have a few questions. We so do have a question. First question. Okay, the first question is, I would love to hear from you ladies uh, about homeschooling with lots of little ones and babies in the mix, specifically dealing with sibling fighting. We're home together all day long, she said, and she actually wrote it like that. (laughs) So there are lots of opportunities for learning through conflict. Uh, This is a good question. (laughs) It is. That's, That's a good question. Little ones and babies while homeschooling. This is kind of uh, what I'm dealing with day in and day out, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> and sibling fighting. That's, I'm sure you still deal with that, right? Oh, no, my children are perfect. Oh, they're perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, we won't ask you. <laughs> You're out of it. No. <laughs> we, uh, sadly, we deal with quite a bit of conflict. Yes, it does happen. Well, it I does. can give my tips for how I homeschool with little ones and babies in the mix. I have a soon-to-be 10-month-old, and I have a 2-year-old, and the 2-year-old is crazy. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> she, um, I, I would say it's actually more difficult for me homeschooling with the 2-year-old than it is even the baby. Uh, depending on the baby, um, at least my babies tended to take a nap in the morning and maybe a short one, 30 minutes or an hour in the afternoon, and a longer nap, though, in the morning. And my two-year-old does still take a nap. So I, I'm get, I, I know that there are some families where it's harder to get those nap times aligned just right and for the right amount of time. So I guess I'm not – I'm not – saying that there aren't 
other types of situations. But the way that I homeschool with them is that my baby takes a nap in the morning for a couple of hours, and then my two-year-old naps in the afternoon for a couple of hours. And I kind of just homeschool when they're down for naps. And when the two-year-old is up and I'm homeschooling, I have Play-Doh lots and lots of Play-Doh. I have purchased bulk boxes of Play-Doh on Amazon. <laughs> and I bought a 50-pack last week. <laughs> Could you imagine that much Play-Doh? And they actually have, like, these little sets of stuff to play, to play with your Play-Doh in, like kits. And so I bought a Minions and a My Little Pony set, and the kids play with their Play-Doh making cupcakes and hairdresser. They have like a barbershop Minions toy, and that's what the two-year-old plays with. I am not kidding you. It is hours of Play-Doh for weeks on end here. So oh, I guess, wow. Yeah, I guess you just have to find what works for you. Some, some people really enjoy, you can just go on Pinterest and look up like uh, tot boxes. And you can put a bunch of dried noodles in with toys and things like that. Uh, my two-year-old is very, very messy, and I can't handle the amount of mess she creates with those. So I stick to the Play-Doh. But for somebody else, those top boxes might really work. So I think it just depends. You have to kind of find what works for you and just continue to be flexible. That's what I would that's what I would say. Is you have to be flexible with your time of homeschooling and with what you continue to give your toddler uh, to keep to keep him or her busy during that time. Yeah, I used to have a school box for my toddler toddlers, but when the first two were only a couple years apart, so we did a lot together. But then when I had the third and then the fourth, they were a little bit further apart, so that's was a little more challenging in some respects. So I had for my, she was probably about 18 months to two years old, when things really started to get disruptive because she was a good sleeper and my kids were still a little bit older at that time because they're about five years and um, seven years apart from the third one. So they were kind of independent. But when the little one started getting crazy, I started a school box for her. It was this big tote, not real big, it wasn't huge, but I put items in there, like old workbooks, because she got a kick out of being like her big brother and big sister, and things she could scribble in, that kind of thing, and Play-Doh, and a few other toys and items, little blocks, things of that nature, counting bears, well, not really counting bears until she got older, because those are tiny, but some other like math manip- manipulatives and little things like that that were kind of school-oriented. And she could only play with it during school because, you know, they get they go through things so quickly and they lose their appeal and excitement. So she was all excited because there's this big fun box of stuff and the only time she got to play with it was during school. So she was motivated to sit down there and play with all of that while I could get a few other things done with the older kids. So she was, you know, happily engaged. And I well, rotate items. Yeah. That's a good and idea, then, yeah, to maybe have a few different, maybe one for each month. <laughs> yeah, and I just rotate things. And another thing I would do is when I would do something with one kid and the other child was either done with school or in between subjects, I would say, okay, now it's time for you to do preschool with your sister. So she got to play. So my daughter and my son would, and they loved it. 
they got to do this little preschool where they got to be the teacher and they would play oh, with her fun. little teacher, her little school box. And it was all, it was at that time they weren't fighting because again, she was like two and they're like seven. And so, so they were well enough in age apart that the fight, although they fight now, but then <laughs> she was still very cute to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so it kept them both occupied. And it kind of helped because I would say it was more beneficial sometimes to the older kid. I said, why don't you teach her your addition facts? Well, of course, my two-year-old's not necessarily picking up on some of that stuff, but it was helping my older child because now the child's trying to teach something that he he already knew or that he was studying. And it did help the the little one, but, you know, making little numbers out of Play-Doh and things like that. So just putting them in that teacher role and having the, the little toddler like, oh, big brother, big sister's teaching me. It's all fun and games. So those little tricks helped us get through the day happily because it wasn't me just trying to keep her occupied or pushing her aside or, you know, trying to include her when there was no way that, I mean, sometimes you just can't include a toddler depending on what you're doing. Right, yeah. So. And, well, and uh, part of that coin, you mentioned sibling fighting, and that's what uh, she had asked. And I would say, for myself, because we have a lot of the younger, younger kids and sibling fighting, I there is nothing wrong with separating the kids for a while and having one go sit in her bed. I have little girls. Um, I'll have her go sit in her bed with books or and or toys. And sometimes she needs that alone time just to chill out. And then... Um, other times, I really think that I get so – I have a lot of kids, and so I get a really busy in my day. And I think that sometimes the kids just need uh, time with mommy by themselves. And so taking one child and just reading a book to them and kind of cuddling them and giving them your undivided attention for just a few minutes can sometimes help reset their attitude as well. I find that that helps. Uh, you know, I, I think that sometimes – when I was the common enemy, they seemed to get along. They'd argue, oh. <laughs> and then they'd both get in trouble because they were arguing, and they both had to be sent to their rooms. And then after a while, they were like, can we, can we play, can are we go play Legos together? I said, yes. no, you guys are going to argue. No, you cannot. <laughs> and we won't argue. <laughs> and I, rem- I remember, remember doing that. that with my sister to my mom. So, yes, that does happen because I remember doing that. <laughs> So sometimes they just need to be separated and need to miss each other a little bit. And they're like, oh, okay. And sometimes you have to let them work it out um, and not always stop the fight. Keep it from getting out of hand. Give them some guidance. But let them work it out a little bit so they don't feel – because sometimes they feel like, oh, mom took your side. Now I'm really angry at you, you know, or you took that, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Well, kids need to learn the whole conflict resolution. Uh, They have to learn to work things out. So the only times that I really break up the fight is my two-year-old is in a biting stage. So I always have to break up those fights. Otherwise, we have lots of bite marks and (laughs) 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 that's that's not good for anybody, (laughs) right? That is not. Well, that was a great question. I, I really hope that our tips and our little experiences help in that area. Hope somebody got yes. something out of that, especially the, the young lady that asked us on our page. And feel free for anyone listening to go ahead and email us at info at talkingmomtomom.com or join us on our Facebook page. It would be fa- facebook.com slash talkingmomtomom. And ask us, you know, a question that you would like us to address. 
and we will be more than happy to address it, and we'll be doing that on every show. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us today uh, to discuss how to handle homeschool backlash from family and friends. Please join us next week for Episode 5, How to Implement the Charlotte Mason Method in Your Homeschool. We hope you will join the conversation with us next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.